For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to San Francisco 49ers writer for The Athletic, David Lombardi, about all the changes with the 49ers roster and upcoming 2020 season. We're hearing about potential defensive end pass rushers coming in. We're hearing about tight ends being signed. And of course, questions about the contract negotiations between the 49ers and tight end George Kittle. It's Friday, August 7th. Always fun to talk football with David Lombardi, our 49ers writer here at The Athletic. And David, I don't think we've had really a chance to talk during the pandemic at all. I miss us uh, hanging out at Pete's Bar or Pete's Grill watching uh, CFP. You were decked out in some Clemson gear. Are we going to get times to do that again, man? We're going to get a chance to watch some football at a bar again. Not in California this year, I don't think, (laughs) the way it's looking. So it's pretty wild because obviously we all know people in different parts of the country and different parts of the country obviously the situations and the policy are different in different spots so i don't know if bars are open anywhere right now but uh there's indoor dining there were bars open in texas for a while i remember seeing on instagram stories people you know legitimately and full-on bars in in austin a couple months ago and that never was the case during this whole thing in california so we're just gonna have to sit tight and the most valuable thing we have now are our big screen TVs at home. And that's what we'll be doing this fall on Sundays if we get a football season in, which brings us to a whole bunch of topics with the 49ers from this week. And you've had a busy week, man. It all started with an article that you put out on Tuesday on The Athletic about the 49ers edition of Jordan Reed. Now, he was drafted by the Washington Redskins by Mike Shanahan back in 2013, and you did a great in-depth sort of pull-apart of what this move means. And I don't think anybody really thought this was any sort of impact on George Kittle and more of an addition to George Kittle, being that the 49ers didn't really have a tight end like Reed on their roster last year. You had Ross Dwelly, obviously, was a great blocker for them. They drafted Charlie Warner. But what can you tell us about the Jordan Reed move? In your article, you talk a lot about the similarities between the offense Kyle Shanahan is setting up and the offense Bill Belichick had in the early part of this decade with the Patriots. You look at the blueprint, right? And Kyle Shanahan and his father have done things a certain way throughout their entire career. And that's been the outside zone running game mixed in with a a lot of play action pass. And Kyle really perfected the play action pass with Atlanta in 2016 when they had the top offense in the league. Now, since then, Kyle has come to the 49ers and he's tried to port the most effective parts of that Atlanta offense, the outside zone and the play action to the 49ers. But what he's also done, and I don't know if this is by necessity, just because Jimmy Garoppolo fell into their laps, but I think it's a smart idea. He's tried to hybridize that, you know, Shanahan Atlanta model with the New England model. And it makes a ton of sense. When I talk about the Patriots model, I'm talking multiple tight ends. You remember what they did early last decade with Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez? They dominated the league with those two guys for two years and a slot receiver who really leads the way in targets. You focus on short area quickness out of the slot, and you pair that, obviously, with a quarterback who has a very quick release and who excels at putting the ball into a very precise spot. New England had that for years with Tom Brady. Who was Tom Brady's heir apparent for quite some time in New England? Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo falls into the 49ers' lap in 2017, And we immediately start seeing them build to his skill set, which because he was Brady's protege, it is a skill set that is very, very tuned to those quick passes toward the middle of the field in between the numbers. Efficiency there was off the charts last year. So 
In turn, we have the 49ers trying to stack up on tight ends. You look at Kittle and Jordan Reed. If Reed is able to stay healthy, they hope that becomes like a Gronkowski-Aaron Hernandez combination in 2011 and 2012. And we also have seen the 49ers really hammer home the slot position over the past, what, three years while Shanahan and Lynch have been building this team. And they're not only doing it with guys like Trent Taylor – People have called Trent Taylor Wes since he's been in college because their games are so similar. And now Wes Welker is obviously also the 49ers receiver coach, which is no coincidence. But they're also doing it with big guys who they're going to line up in the slot. And that's the wrinkle that Shanahan is adding. They've added Jawan Jennings, Jalen Hurd. They really want to focus on that slot tight end game which the Patriots rode to such success earlier this decade. 2007, obviously, the 19 or the, is it the 18 and one Patriots? Is that what they were? The 18 and one season when uh, Tom Brady throws for 50 touchdowns. That's really the one year where it seemed that he had a big number one receiver. Now, I don't know that Debo Samuel's looking to be Randy Moss, like a true number one, but outside of those seasons, the key parts of the offense, as you pointed out, were really the slot receiver. The guys like Wes Welker, the guys like Aaron Hernandez, Rob Gronkowski. And it's funny because I think we already have seen a little bit of the Atlanta Falcons offense, right? We've seen the dual or tryback system like they ran there with Tevin Coleman and with Devontae Freeman. We certainly saw that last year with Matt Breida and Coleman and Raheem Mostert. What else can they do to imitate that offense? And do they have the personnel, does it seem like now, even with a guy like Trent Taylor who has not proven he can stay healthy, to continue uh, on this path of, of sort of monitoring or mirroring what the Patriots have done? Well, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned the 07 Patriots because you're exactly right. That's when they had Randy Moss in his prime and he's blowing the top off of opposing defenses. So we often think of the Patriots as the slot heavy receiving team, obviously built around that position and the tight ends. But they went into total overdrive when they were able to add that elite outside receiving threat in Randy Moss. Would a team like to have that outside receiving threat? Of course. The 49ers would die for that at any moment. I always said this over the past few years as the 49ers were building their offense. Of course, Kyle Shanahan would love Julio Jones. He, you know, feasted with Julio Jones in Atlanta, especially in 2016. But Julio Jones doesn't grow on trees. It's tough to find an outside receiver who's that dominant and that good to build your offense around. So it's not as easy as snapping your fingers and bringing in a dominant outside receiver. So that's why I think the 49ers have deemed it more sustainable, especially since they already have a guy like George Kittle on the roster, to build this offense around that tight end position. And mind you, George Kittle is an explosive receiver as well. So they have that number one target already with him. Then they can have the best of both worlds, right? Then they could combine Garoppolo's ability to throw these quick passes for yards after the catch, but they can also have these big guys as threats to run block on any given down. And that's what this really is. I don't think this is purely a New England offense. I don't think this is purely a Shanahan offense from what we saw in Atlanta and maybe a little bit in Washington before. I think it's a great combination of both. No matter how you get to that finishing point from point A to point B, as long as you can get to the point where you can either run or pass convincingly out of any formation, which the 49ers can out of this current personnel groupings that that they're set to roll out in 2020, that's when Shanahan and Garoppolo can feast with the play action and keep defenses off balance. 
It's funny you're talking about size, even from Trent Taylor, who I think is like five foot eight or something. And in in your article about Jordan Reed, you mentioned I think you did a callback to the interview that Barrows did with uh, George Kittle a couple of years ago, where he said, "I don't want to call Trent Taylor feisty because that would imply that he's small." But he said he's the biggest prick on the field. I thought that was a was a hilarious line. You need that from a small guy. You absolutely need that from a small guy, and that is a common theme amongst the signings that the Forty ers have made at the receiver position. I mean, just go back even further to the early in the 2018 season. You remember when Matt Breida had that long touchdown run against the Lions? I think it was like a 70-yarder or something. And remember Pierre Garçon? You literally had a defensive back on skates for about 40 to 50 yards. I called it the 40-yard block, and I was able to write a whole article about it. And, and, you know, we remember Garçon. That's a guy that got into, you know, verbal and confrontations and pushing matches with, with Richard Sherman earlier in his career. He really had that dog mentality in him, and he was the first big signing of this Shanahan-Lynch regime. And, you know, even though it didn't work out as far as receiving production on the field, it gave us a glimpse into what they're looking for. And I thought that really set a tone for the 49ers because then you have a guy like Trent Taylor, you know, quote unquote, biggest prick on the field. That's what George (laughs) Kittle said. So uh, you have guys that aren't afraid to piss the defense off a little bit, draw some flags, but more importantly, just punch them in the mouth so that that outside zone run game can get going. And we saw that all come to fruition last season in the NFC Championship game when the Packers defensive backs really were just helpless against that whole 49ers blocking effort. Yeah, incredible in that game. And and we talk so much about the offense because Kyle Shanahan is such an interesting guy to talk about and, and how he's going to scheme this thing this year and the weapons they've brought in, the drafts they've had, the signings they've made. We've been bringing in Trent Williams. This stuff is fantastic. But I think with the 49ers, we know it all starts with the defense, right? That's what sets the tone. So there were some other news this week that they were maybe in on Ziggy Ansah and then uh, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network reports that they are reaching or have reached an agreement with Deion Jordan, a pass rusher, and you put out a tweet saying once Deion Jordan is officially aboard, they're going to have three top five draft picks on their defensive line and six first round D linemen. So when I heard about this, I thought it's always good to have backup D linemen. Always, always excellent to have extra pass rushers to go alongside D Ford and, and what Nick Bosa were able to do last year. But I also wonder like the human element to this is, is there any concern about the COVID-19 stuff coming into play? Is it concern about D Ford's health or is it just purely always good to have more depth at the pass rush position? It's always important to have more depth at the pass rush position. I wouldn't read too far into this. We you know, came out with a story on Wednesday that really illustrates what the 49ers' depth situation along the defensive line looks like. And to be honest, before the Deion Jordan edition, there was nothing behind D Ford at that speed rushing spot for guys coming in, you know, in the nickel package where the 49ers need that pass rushing specialist. So last year you saw how damaging it was when the 49ers lost not only D Ford but the depth behind him and they had Ronald Blair and Demontre Moore behind him Ronald Blair tore his ACL Demontre Moore broke his wrist and all of a sudden they played weeks 13 to 17 without either of those guys or D Ford and the 49ers while they had you know at least one of those three last year they averaged over four sacks a game when they didn't have any of those three, they averaged less than one sack per game. So with D Ford or with competent edge depth behind him opposite Nick Bosa, this team is roughly four times as effective in rushing the passer. You just have to have that. Now you look at what do they have this year? Well, Demontre Moore is no longer on the roster. Ronald Blair is recovering from a torn ACL. 
So who's your Leo? Who, who's that speed rushing edge guy that's going to be there behind D Ford in case he does struggle with his knee again or with other health issues again? That right now projects to be Deion Jordan, a player who was a top five draft pick back in 2013, who has you know dealt with some substance abuse issues, who never materialized into a top five draft pick kind of player, but who has flashed. In 2017, when he was playing in a very similar scheme as the 49ers scheme for the Seahawks, he had an awesome month of December where he actually topped all of the NFL pass rushing charts if, if you look at the advanced metrics. And last year, he was a top half edge rusher if you look at those same numbers, pass rush productivity and all that from PFF for the Raiders in limited time. So it's a guy who, you know, he wouldn't have been a top five pick if he didn't have extremely plus physical skills. This is a guy who's 6'6", 270 pounds, but can run like a 245-pounder. So the 49ers love that speed off the edge. And they think that if he's just in a depth role, if he's not you know overly exposed out there, if he's just filling in behind D Ford, rotating in to keep guys fresh, they think they can get some really quality football out of him. And I think that you know his productivity and stints with the Seahawks and the Raiders makes that a fair bet. Yeah, you got to love a, a depth signing with upside, as you talk about, especially when you're bringing back really your whole coaching staff, right? The continuity that this team is dealing with. Much different. I look at a team like the Carolina Panthers, where Matt Rule is in his first season as head coach, and you know they're doing all this stuff virtually, trying to lead up to this, or a rookie who's coming in and, and having to try to make his mark without getting a real a mini camp under his belt, as we've seen in the past. But anyway, David, we appreciate the time today. Thanks so much, man. I know you're a busy guy, and uh, you've been putting out some great stuff on The Athletics. So make sure you follow David on Twitter, at Lombardi himself and uh we'll keep reading you we'll talk to you down the road man yeah thanks a lot talk to you next time good in-depth conversation with our guy david lombardi uh interesting we're seeing the 49ers continue to make moves and uh i've always appreciated the aggressiveness of kyle shanahan and john lynch both on draft day with all the trades they've been able to make i know this year they didn't pick a, a single selection in their initial draft slot so uh the continued aggressiveness and trying to find success in what is usually a tight window in the nfl the 49ers looking to expand it with a lot more talented weapons For full coverage of sports in the Bay Area, subscribe to the update on Google Podcasts. The Athletic is the world's fastest-growing sports media publication. Get in-depth sports stories you won't find anywhere else. Start your 30-day free trial today by visiting theathletic.com slash Google. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. We've got a lot of fun stuff coming up for you in the coming weeks. First off, on Monday, we're going to talk to, if you're a Netflix fan and a Last Chance U fan, and how about a Bay Area football fan, Laney College right here in Oakland, featured on this season of Last Chance U on Netflix. We're going to talk to head coach John Beam, who's been a football coach in Oakland and in the Bay Area here for over 40 years. So that's a conversation you're definitely going to want to stick around for. Special thanks again to David Lombardi. Thank you to my producer, Brian Smith. And thank you to all of you for listening. You're keeping us going here. So stay tuned to the update, and we'll speak to you guys on Monday.